Hey, that was great, you know. Hearing, hearing from Zach and hearing from Susie about beach missions. You know, that beach mission opportunity is a fantastic way of, of motivating young people and help getting them out into the, into the witnessing in the, in the marketplace. You know, most of those people in the camping grounds, they're not going to walk into a church. They, they, they're just going to, you know, enjoy life and so on. But young people anointed of the Spirit of God, sharing is going to bring transformation. I believe these young people, we should be excited about our young people. Yes. You know, we should be really excited because, you know, we've got so many quality young people in this church. Yes. And uh, for them to catch the vision of reaching out at a Christmas time, giving away, you know, their own holiday time, and uh, transformations take place, not only in the people that you're working with, but also in the, the, the team themselves. Let me share you one thing. My son-in-law, my youngest son-in-law, we reached on a beach mission. He came to the Lord, not on the beach mission, but he, he made the connection with us as a group. And then about a year later, he, he, started, coming, he started coming to church. And then about a year later, he became a Christian. And then later on, I won't tell you all the events involving Jake, because there were some pretty significant things that happened. But um, later on, uh, he ran sheepishly up to me after one, uh, one session at, at uh, the young youth group and said, um, Grayson, I'd like to marry your daughter. <laughs> and I said, okay, that's great. Now, he went overseas. He, he thought his role in life was to become a, um, a person who would raise money for the church because he was very, very good with people. And very good with, um, not very good with all sorts of people. He, he ran the warrior people and, uh, and he, would, he would connect with all sorts of people. He, he ran the warrior's cell phone accounts uh, for some time. Uh, and he, was, he just had that capacity to be able to generate, um, generate funds. However, what happened is the equipper's senior pastor at the time tapped him on the shoulder and said, Jake, have you ever thought about being a pastor? And he said, no, nah, not really. And um, so anyway, long story short, he's now the equipper's pastor in Napier. So from a beach outreach to a pastor in the equipper's church, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. You pray, those of us who don't get a chance to go on beach missions, we should be praying for these young people. Not just then, but also right through this year. Because they, they're the ones that are going to carry the fire. They're the ones that are going to set, set the blaze uh, going. They're the ones with the energy and the drive. And they're the ones that are going to really set everything alight, you know, into their own generation. That's the generation that needs to be transformed. So it's exciting to hear uh, those things that happen. And having been a youth pastor before and involved with beach missions, uh, that, is, um, that really excites me to hear what I've heard this morning. Okay. I could go on for, for the whole period. Instead of preaching the message, I could talk about youth and really motivate everyone to be involved with youth. You get every opportunity. Older people get every opportunity to encourage the young people. Yeah. You know? Just w when you see them doing something great, you know, like Susie this morning, you know, leading the, leading the worship, you know, leading the service. Um, you know, Celeste leading the worship. Um, you know, Zach sharing his testimony. You know, all the worship team up here, all the ones that have committed to be involved. We've got a great bunch of young people. Yes. I better stop, otherwise I'll never get into the mission. Okay. All right, well, 
Good morning, everyone, and Happy New Year. I might put this one down just on the piano here. Stephen, I'll get you to shift that when you, in case we need it. Okay, right. I trust you've had a really refreshing and reflective New Year. Have you made your New Year's resolutions? Yep. Neither have I. <laughs> but here are a couple of comments, people's comments related to New Year's resolutions. Here's what one person said. I was going to make my New Year's resolution to quit all my bad habits, like sleeping in, like uh, eating too much, like not exercising enough. And then I realised no one likes a quitter. <laughs> Another person said, resolutions, me? What do you imply, that I need to change? Well, buddy, as far as I'm concerned, I'm perfect the way I am. Another one said, good doggy, you ate up all my New Year's resolutions. <laughs> now, I'm sorry I don't have a PowerPoint this morning, so you will need to refer to your hard copy Bibles or digital devices and take notes instead of taking photos of slides. I'm going to do an old school presentation because I'm an old school teacher. An old school teacher and an old school teacher. So I'm going to do a voice and Bible. See, I just ran out of time um, and these days I'm pretty slow with the PowerPoints. But you know what? This morning, if the power goes out, I'm ready for the electromagnetic pulse. <laughs> you know? We don't need the power for this message. Okay, and, and what is it with city leadership and, and arms? First it was Katie Brown putting her arm through the glass door and then 10 minutes after we arrived back from Napier, after Christmas, Catherine breaks her arm in two places after a fall. They don't put them in casts these days when they're up here, so that's why she's got a, you see a lot of bruising there. So for the last 10 days, I've been the main carer for my wife. <laughs> she's usually the carer for me, but I've been the main carer for my wife. And she's pretty good at trying. <laughs> Sometimes quite trying. I mean, just jokes. It's just. Um, and I've learned a lot about limitation. And a few skills such as hanging up the washing... Helping with dressing, putting on slings, hairstyling, <laughs> cutting things, picking up things, shifting things. Well, that's been my lot and that's part of the reason why I, I don't have a PowerPoint this morning. And I've just been reminded I need to turn my cell phone off. There we go. It's going off Oop, now. Not that I get many texts anyway. <laughs> so this is the first service of CU City for 2018. So it's important for me to share something with you that is relevant for the year ahead. So let's take a snapshot of our world at the moment a bit. CNN reported at the end of 2017 that United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres issued 
a year-end red alert for a world divided. The Telegraph in the UK said that the United Nations has stated that 2018 will be the worst for humanitarian crises since the Second World War. Time magazine reported in November last year that scientists are predicting 2018 will be a bad year for earthquakes. These are scientists. Apparently because the rotation of the earth has slowed down a bit. Matthew 24? Hmm. And then some other things. There was a robot called Sophia. Some of you have heard about her. She's been made a citizen of Saudi Arabia. She has a passport, I suppose. And she said that she wanted to use her artificial intelligence to help humans live a better life. And that I will do my best to make the world a better place. Better place, better place, better place, better place, better place. Um, so it sounds like to me like an answer from a Miss World competition, doesn't it? Then apparently a number of women are now marrying themselves. Have you heard about this one? Now, as a marriage celebrant myself, uh, that makes for a very interesting set of vows. I, Elizabeth, take myself to be my wife, etc., etc. That, to me, is the ultimate selfie. So all of the above illustrate how crazy our world has become. Do we need a saviour? You bet we do. And there's one who's willing to be that. And his name is Jesus. Now this morning I want to share with you a message entitled 2018. Here's the title. 2018, the year of the watchman. 2018, the year of the watchman. You know, we're living in exciting days. We're living in the greatest days. But we're living in exciting and challenging days. Exciting because things are accelerating so fast that, that, the, that the coming of Christ is coming so near to us now. It's exciting. When will that be? We don't know. Matthew 24, 36 says, No one knows the hour or the day. So don't let anyone tell you when it's going to happen. But we need to be ready. We need to be ready in these days. Ready for his coming, but also ready and expectant for him to move in incredibly supernatural ways. Boy, last Sunday. Who was there last Sunday morning when we had the video out west? Yeah. Wow. What, what an incredible video. Jenison Franklin um, sharing uh, basically about the whole thing of being expectant. Expectant. Don't lose our expectancy in the midst of our busyness. Expect God to do things. 
Expect him to do incredible things. But alongside that, you know, we're going to expect another reaction. Because the enemy is rising up these days and has been for some time, but is accelerating his involvement. So it's going to be challenging times. It's going to be exciting times, but it's going to be challenging times. The evil one's so aware of what is happening in these days and what the Creator has for him that he is ramping up his activity. Now, let's do a little bit of an experiment here. How many of you feel that 2017, uh, alongside all the joys and all the celebrations and all the positive things, it was also a year in which you experienced some significant challenges, spiritually, academically, um, all sorts of ways that, that, that the, the enemy has come to be involved with you. So how many of you have, have found challenges in 2017? I'm talking about significant challenges. Look, there's a heap of hands going up here. So the, the encouraging thing is that God has given us the tools to actually deal with that. Not to be uh, running away from it, but in the midst of it, actually dealing with the situation. Now, Susie was talking in, in her um, situation here about making rivers in, in the dry desert. Making a pathway through the wilderness. Now, God doesn't take away the wilderness. He doesn't take away the desert. But he makes a pathway through it. And he brings the, the rivers in the midst of the desert. He gives us the tools to deal with it through spiritual warfare, through prayer, through praise, through proclaiming the blood of Jesus. You know, I do that every night. We do that every night as a family. Catherine and I do it over all the family. We just, just, just speak out and, and declare the blood of Jesus over everybody. Remember the story back in the Old Testament when the blood was put on the portals of the, of the, uh, the houses of those people who were acknowledging God and the, the death angel just passed over those houses because the, the sign of the blood was there. And so the blood of Jesus Christ who was shed on the cross for us, that we can declare and identify with and proclaim it and brings protection for a situation. So I encourage you to do that. Um, but it's also very important for Christians today to be aware of the events that are around us and what lies ahead of us. We are in a time where men and women need to step up awareness of what's around and also a biblical understanding of how that relates to the Bible. Because the Bible has a lot to say about these events. Catherine and I, um, you know, we, we follow these things. So it's the year, this year, 2018, is a year for the church to be especially alert. Now, I, I'm not the authority on last days. Um, I'm not the defining seer of things which lie ahead or a prophet in any way. I'm, I, I, I've been to a Bible college, but that doesn't mean anything really. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't define myself as an expert in theology, eschatology, or any other ology for that matter. However, I, I believe Catherine and I can define ourselves this way. 
We can define ourselves as watchmen. And so can you in 2018. We do try to track what is happening around us. And, and not to be obsessive about it, but to watch what's going on and being informed so we can prioritise our lives. Because things are, are ramping up very, very fast. So today my intention is not to lay out all of what we're seeing, and we've been seeing an awful lot. One day I might be permitted to share some of that. But I'd probably need a couple of hours or more, um, and I'm not sure that that's going to be practically appropriate. However, who knows? Um, but for a short illustration, I want to mention something. How many of you realise that 2018 will be the 70th anniversary of Israel becoming a state? Who knows that? Yep, 2018 is the 70th anniversary of, of uh, Israel becoming a state. He called Abraham. He, he, he made a covenant with him in Genesis 12. And that covenant or agreement was that he would make Abraham a great nation and that through him all the families of the earth would be blessed. So keep your eyes on Israel. Genesis 12.3 says that God will bless those who bless Israel and he will curse those who curse Israel. The United Nations rejection of Israel and the U.S. Acceptance of Israel is a very big thing in these days. It's really significant. Watch what happens there. North Korea, though serious and threatening, is really a distraction. Israel's the focus. What's happening in Israel is the important thing. Not what's happening in North Korea. That's just a buffoon sort of communicating all sorts of crazy things. So keep your eyes on Israel. So my intention this morning is to uh, really focus on encouraging you to become watchmen. We want to motivate you to research current events, to look at your Bibles, see what the Bible's saying about it, and to uh, become alert in these days. Because things are about to change. In fact, they have changed in a big way. Politically, militarily, economically, and spiritually. So what's a watchman? Firstly, what is a watchman? Let's turn to Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 17. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 17. Or as Barry Smith used to say, Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 17. Those of you who know Barry Smith, he's passed away now, but one of the bold communicators of eschatology in the last days. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. In other words, God is saying, Give them a warning. Now, we know God speaks in all sorts of different ways. He speaks through dreams, visions. He speaks through the scripture. He speaks through um, other people, pastors, prophets, 
Um, also, ordinary people, people that are around you. He speaks through them. He speaks through nature. He speaks through circumstances that happen sometimes, although it's good to actually test those things out. So the watchman is someone who hears from God, not with their, necessarily with their ears. I have never heard the audible voice of God. I've never heard the audible voice of God. But I have heard him speak to my spirit because my heart starts to quicken. My mind gets very focused. And I know that's God speaking to me. So the watchman hears from God through the various ways God speaks. And then he gives a warning or a challenge of challenges or threats to a community of believers, of people. Now, what's the warning of one of the challenges or threats this watchman, I said I'm not going to tell you a lot of things, but this I want to communicate. What's this watchman want to give to CU City this morning? Okay, here we go. Here is one challenge or threat coming. It's foreshadowed by many secular and Christian commentators for 2018, and I agree with it. However, I would add that if it isn't in 2018, then it is in the next two years. And this challenge, and here are the words, global economic collapse. Global economic collapse. I don't want to get into this in detail, but if you look on YouTube with the subject economic collapse, why don't you, you know, in your own time... Right, look on your YouTube and you see what is global economic collapse or economic collapse and see how many commentators are actually commenting on this. I, I told the kids at school this, number of classes, because we're trying to wake them up a little bit with the permission of the school. Um, and they looked on their phones and I said, how many are there? And they said, heaps. So, look it up check whether I'm right. So the one thing I would like to encourage you to do is get your finances right. Start this week. Get your finances sorted out. If you have any debt, pay off as much as you can. Now, it's got to be realistic, but pay off as much as you can. Don't continue to put luxuries on the house or the card which need long-term repayment if you don't have the money in the bank to make the payments. Try to purchase assets. Do we know what an asset is, don't we? An asset is something that actually physically exists. Right? This is an asset. Yeah, this stage is an asset. I could sell this. Maybe I should. Actually, I had thought earlier that I would probably take up an offering for the preacher this morning. To, to cover off my financial deficits after Christmas, <laughs> but I resisted. But I could sell this because it's an asset, all right, if I owned it, <laughs> of course. Um, you know, a lot of people, especially younger people, not our people necessarily, but younger people spent $200 on a rock concert or some music concert. And, and it's an asset until... They go to the concert, and then it doesn't become an asset. All right? It's lost its value. So people are spending money on things that are temporary. 
So the first thing is, what is a watchman? A watchman is someone who looks, listens, observes, hears from God, and then speaks warning to people. And the, the watchman um, was someone who, who has a, had a very important role. So secondly, what was this role of the watchman in the city? So it's, it's important that you understand this. The answer to this question. So let, let's think back to the ancient world. All right? what, what happened in the ancient world? So in the ancient world um, of farms and uh, fields and crops and all those sorts of things, the, they built a tower. Right? And then they had a watchman that stood at the top of the tower. And, and watched what was going on and, and was basically the security for that particular thing. So that when the crops were ripening towards harvest, they would stand watch, guard the fields from animals and also from human animals or thieves who would make off with the crops. So the watchman's role was really critical. And we find several references also in Scripture to the, wat the, the watchman actually mounting the walls of the city. That's probably the most familiar one that you uh, have uh, identification with. So when there was a stress, had a big castle like this, and there was stress because they knew the enemy was in the vicinity, they would put a watchman up on the walls, or they would regularly put a watchman on the walls, and he would look down and he would, he would see what was going on, and then he had a... He had a a trumpet that he blew, you know, out of a, basically out of a, a, a sheep's horn. And he would blow it if there was any danger. So he was responsible to warn people of danger. Now, while this is his prime function, there were a couple of other quick functions that I'm going to share with you. I won't turn to the scriptures that are involved, but they're in Isaiah, and there are two roles. One was to declare salvation, believe it or not. If you want to write down the reference, Isaiah 52, verses 7 and 8. Isaiah 52, verses 7 and 8. That was one role. And there seems to be another role, and, and, and there are a number of watchmen in our church, by the way. There seems to be another role that the watchman can fulfill, and we find this in Isaiah 62. And here the watchman role is given not just to one person, but to a whole group of people. And it's actually called, it says here, that they are called watchmen, in the plural. And their role is to pray persistently, to actually have a prayer vigil for the well-being of the people. And there are people in this church who, who regularly get information from within our church, and Rosemary circulates a lot of stuff. Uh, we feed stuff into her, and she circulates it around to actually for other people to pray about. So in summary, these, these passages in Ezekiel and Isaiah, they portray an image of a very godly people who are given a unique vision into the world today and tomorrow. So why should we become watchmen? The third point, why should we become watchmen? You know, I believe the days are coming when there will be a great ingathering into the church. 
The Bible talks about, you know, the fact of um, the reaper actually overtaking the sower. So as, as a seed is sown, the, the, the stuff has grown so fast that the guys coming along to cut it down to reap it uh, are actually going ahead. Those days are coming. And this will be people in society who are questioning what on earth is going on. We just gave some illustrations of what's going on earlier on. They're going to be questioning that. What's going on? And it'll probably be some traumatic event or, or events that shock the community, shock a city, shock, shock a nation, and perhaps even have global impact. Now, Pastor Tark has preached recently on us getting out of our comfort zone. You know, I'm 70 years old. I know I don't look it. I know I'm pretty handsome these days and so on, that sort of thing. But, you know, one of, the, one, of, one of the kids at school said to me one day, oh, sir, how old are you? And I said, oh, well, I'm older than you. And he said, uh, well, um, but no, sir, how old are you? I said, I'm older than 60. Oh, sir, you're in good condition. So I thought that was, I took that one. I, I nailed it to the wall. <laughs> um, so Pastor Tux preached, preached on getting out of our comfort zone. In 2018, why don't we learn to share the gospel in love, in creativity, and devote time to get ready for the influx? Now, this event, as we said, might be political, it might be economic, it might be natural disaster or something military-based. Now, we've heard a number of military threats have been happening in Muslim nations. Uh, and they are called wars. ISIS, as well as the conflict between the Shiite and the, the Sunni Muslims, has created a real questioning amongst a lot of Muslims. Open Doors, amongst many other Christian organisations, reporting that Muslims are turning to Christ in unprecedented numbers. Because, you see, these, these wars and so on have been, and this, this terrorism has been filling the headlines for a long time and also filling the hearts of many people in the Middle East with fear. But in the midst of it, the Church of the Middle East is actually embracing these people loving them, showing some alternative to them, and large numbers are turning to Christ. In fact, Pastor Tark did report to us last year that, you know, the country with the greatest... If you know it, right, put your hand up. The country with the greatest number of Christians turning to Christ. Who knows? Put your hand up. It's just the country. There's a few of you. Okay, Andy, what is it? It's Iran. Iran. You see, God has a sense of humor. He just laughs. The Bible says he laughs. He laughs and he says, I can move any situation. I can move any environment. I can move any threat in the situation. I can actually... How about we make you the Islamic nation with the highest number of Christians turning to the Lord? That would be one to nail to the ball, wouldn't it? Before the, war, before the war and the wars, it was rare that a Muslim would become a Christian. 
But now Muslims in great numbers are questioning what's going on and turning to Christ. Some are having visitations, divine visitations with dreams and visions and other things. God's speaking to them. And they're getting, getting converted through a dream, through a vision. Even Jesus is appearing to them, some of them. Pretty dramatic stuff. Now, remember 9-11? After that, immediately after that, those towers were hit, what happened? Churches were filled to overflowing. That event created a response. But the sad thing is that as soon as the peace of that situation started to gain some traction, people started to misunderstand what was the source of that peace. Where did that peace come from? And answer to their prayers. And they turned back to their ungodly ways. And look at America now, the shape it's in. Look at New Zealand now and the shape it's in. Let's pray that the enemy doesn't steal what's coming, you know, in terms of an ingathering into the church in the days ahead. So we've answered the question, what is a watchman? A person who hears from God, gives warnings and threats and so on, of threats and so on to the community. Secondly, we've considered what the role of the watchman was. And that was to confirm the primary role was to hear from God, observe what's happening, and then warn the people. We've talked about the two sub-roles, to proclaim salvation and to pray persistently. And thirdly, we've addressed the question, why should we become a watchman today? Because there's a great ingathering coming. Be aware of that coming on the horizon. That means we need to change a few things in our lives to be ready for that. All right? Not, not just for ourselves, but for other people that are going to come in. So in conclusion, as a watchman, you can understand the times. And the Holy Spirit can increase your understanding of what needs to be done or communicated in your spheres of influence and impact. That might be in your workplace. could be in your community. It could be in your schools. It could be in your sports clubs, your cultural clubs, or the church. You see, in the Bible, in 1 Corinthians, sorry, 1 Chronicles 12, verses 23 to 38, just turn to that for a moment. 1 Chronicles chapter 12 and verses 23 to 38. I'm not going to read the whole passage, so don't go to sleep yet. Okay, now, so this talks about David's army. And in verse 24 and so on, it talks about, for example, the sons of Judah bearing shield and spear, 6,000 of them, uh, 800 armed for war. Then the sons of Simeon, mighty men of valor, fit for war, 7,100, and so on. So there's a whole list of warriors in this thing. And right in the middle of this, there's a special group of people. And some of you know about it. They're called the sons of Issachar. The sons of Issachar. Verse 32, the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel should do. You can become a son of Issachar. Catherine and I believe that we are sons of Issachar. And there are a number of people in this church who are already sons of Issachar. 
So what should you do as you gain an understanding of the times we live in? Here's the two main areas of focus as I finish. Two things. Be alert, but not anxious. Number two, be prepared, but not paranoid. We don't have to fear what's coming. We just have to be aware of it and, and know how to deal with it. So, in terms of being alert but not anxious, keep your eyes on the Lord. Have a regular devotion. Zach was talking about how our, our devotions each day will set the tone for the day. Study the Bible to see what the Lord says. Listen to accredited Bible teachers and prophets. But test them. Test them against the scripture and the witness in your spirit because the Bible tells us these are also days of deception. So we need to be careful. Even the very elect will be deceived. So we need to be careful. But listen to accredited Bible teachers and prophetic ministries. Watch the news. Google. Use Google. Google's a fantastic tool. You know, some of it's true. Some of it's false news. But, you know, you'll know. You'll discern whether that's appropriate. And one very important thing I have found very helpful is access YouTube. Use YouTube and see what the commentators are saying about these days. I'm talking about secular commentators as well as Christian commentators because we're interested in the facts. You know, the, the facts are the real things that exist. And both secular commentators and Christian commentators will actually uh, say something about the facts. Now, there are a few wackos out on YouTube. And you have to be careful. So you have to sort of put it all through a bit of a sieve, but watch out for the wackos. Special tribe. Um, but this information on YouTube will not appear on the mainstream media. You won't read about it in the Herald. You won't read about it in the Time magazine so much. You won't read about it in, um, in the publications of news that are around the world because they are afraid of actually creating alarm and panic. And you know, in, 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 in 19... 19 uh, when was that? It was 19, uh, 2007, when we were in London... Um, Things were going belly up in terms of the economy. It was just before 2008, the crisis. And by the way, the crisis that's coming, people are saying that 2008 will be a walk in the park compared to what's coming. That this is going to be far worse than the 1930s depression. Now, I'm sharing this with you not to be alarmist or to be, you know, creating fear, but to be communicating stuff that is... Is really, now, check it out. No, don't, 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 don't sort of believe me. Check it out and see what they're saying. So, how can we be prepared but not paranoid? Do you know Civil Defence? Civil Defence of New Zealand? That, here they advise all residents of New Zealand to have a survival plan. And they even advised recently with this big storm that was coming up. They said, get your survival gear together and they gave a list of things that you need to put together. You know, that's not paranoia. That's wisdom. 
So why not a last days plan? Make a last days plan. And we should prepare in a number of ways for that. Prepare by, we talked about, spending time with the Lord, studying the Bible. Attend church each Sunday. You know, I'm going to say it's rubbish that people say they can be a Christian at home. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, let us not, let us consider each other and, and not, forsaking, not forsaking each other, but gathering together and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. You look it up. And it also says we should provoke one another to good love and good works in the midst of that. So, attend church every Sunday. Next, get to New Zealand and Beyond Conference. 2018. It's, it's actually entitled Suddenly. Now, you know, I was listening just a couple of days ago to a preacher and, uh, in the States. And you know what he said? He felt the word for 2018 was? Suddenly. Now, I'm not saying that that's right, but it's interesting. Then look up civil defence information and so on. Because that's important. It's important to know how civil defence works in New Zealand and, and, uh, and what is important to keep in your house and maybe as what they call a get-go bag to get away just in case some of these wackos start coming around. Okay, could, if the worship team could come up here now, please. And Stephen, if we could just have the keyboard to start with, and the other team can come up as well, but if um, Stephen could have the keyboard um, playing, that would be great. So we've shared a lot of information uh, this, uh, this morning. So what lies ahead of us in 2018? You know, we've got some inklings. We've got some indicators I've shared with you some things. But nobody really knows. We keep our eyes on the Lord. We keep our eyes on the Lord. In one situation in the Old Testament, there's a group of people that said, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We keep our eyes on the Lord and we daily wait for His instructions. 2018 is the year of the watchman. That's my, I felt that nudge in the spirit. Why don't you join a number of us and become a watchman in 2018? Amen. Amen. Let's stand together.